0: In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and
1: different is now part of mainstream culture.
2: The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology.
0: Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment, with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment.
1: Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star
2: Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. So Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating band.
0: We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture.
1: We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay
2: community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch.
0: We are. We are. We are The, the Galaxy Cast!
1: Folks, Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have three people with me in the studio tonight. I, I am your host, Bob Chrisman. I have with me Eric the Artist. Mark Hamill wished me a happy Thanksgiving. And I have with me Gary the Stud. Mark Hamill didn't wish me nothing. And Mark Hamill doesn't even know who the heck I am, so
0: it's all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Eric had a great run-in with Mark Hamill yep. for his birthday, and I just thought that was awesome.
0: Really quick, Mark Hamill, if, if you uh, are following him on Twitter used to wish people happy birthdays, stopped doing it, because, of course, 10 Mazillion people ask him a day to wish him a happy birthday. But I found a loophole in his policy in that my birthday landed on Thanksgiving this year, so I literally wrote, I know he won't wish me a happy birthday, but maybe I can get him to wish me a happy Thanksgiving, and he did. And it, it follow, ended up getting... 2,300-and-something likes over the course of a couple days, a ton of retweets, all these people commenting on it. I added my artwork to the thread. Mark Hamill went back and liked the artwork pictures of my Star Wars murals. Yep. So he liked, like, four of my tweets in there and commented that way. So it was a nice little interaction I had with Mark Hamill on my birthday.
1: (laughs) I just thought that was great. It was such an awesome moment. Well, we have lots of things we want to talk about with you tonight. Uh, We're going to talk about Stan Lee. We're going to talk about the Netflix situation and what's going on with Marvel there. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian, the TV series. Uh, We're going to talk about Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. And we're going to end it all off with a little bit of Once Upon a Deadpool. Okay, so I think we should honor this moment by taking 60 seconds for a moment of silence for the man who quite honestly is the reason I think that a lot of us are here. I mean, there is no doubt, no denying that Stanley was a major influence, I think, on all three of us sitting here at this table. I mean, I don't think there's a character that Stanley created that we didn't like in some way, shape, or form. So we're going to take 60 seconds just to kind of honor the passing of Stanley. So Stanley died at 95 years of age on November. Was it November 15th he died? 16th.
2: Was there November 11th uh, or 12th? November 12th.
1: Okay, uh, he passed away on November 12th. I, I got to be honest, my wife and I were driving. Where were we coming from? I don't even remember. I think we we're coming back from my daughter's senior recital, and I just happened to be perusing Facebook for a second, and it. it I, I went. I pa- scrolled past it and. I read it, and I had to read it again because I thought, well, you know, because we see hoaxes like that online all the time, and I, I I thought maybe it was a joke.
0: Or a clickbait title.
1: Right, and then I realized, well, wait a minute, CNBC's reporting this, Fox News is reporting this, this was a serious thing. And so I was just sitting there, and we were, we were driving back, and all of a sudden my wife looked over, and I guess I, I broke down. I broke down for a good couple of minutes and she looked at me and she's like wow this is just a guy like this is you know and I'm like but you don't understand this isn't to me this isn't just a guy like this isn't just I don't know how to explain it to somebody this isn't like and I'm going to be upset when our star wars actors go I mean that, that's you know but this was more than that like stanley to me was a guy who created my childhood like he he the fantasy world I lived in my childhood was all stanley created there's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that he grabbed my attention as a kid and I lived in that little fantasy world that he created and so that was I think what kinda hit me. It was like all of a sudden, wait a minute, I can't get my childhood back. You know, and it's like kinda like that innocence you lose and, and you can't get that back. So it was a moment of like, Wow, like there there won't be a Stanley moment again. And then I kinda got sad too about the idea that we won't see him in a Marvel movie again. Like Well, to, we're going
0: to for a little while.
1: For a little bit, but <laughs> it's it's he uh, apparently
0: has filmed a number of cameos in advance
1: correct yeah there's uh, from my understanding there's three (laughs) or four yet to be done but i i am uh i'm just appalled at the idea that there won't be a stanley cameo at some point yeah
3: yeah
1: so i I don't know how it affected you guys but that's the way it it generally affected me just the idea that i won't read or see a stanley story ever again was kind of um highly (laughs) impactful on me right
0: and you mean a story not a story about him, a story he wrote.
1: Something he wrote, yes. right. Or had a huge influence right. in, you know, and it, that's, to me, that's that's what Marvel has always been. Even when Stan stepped away from Marvel, they have still consulted with him. He has still been a major influence in the, to realize that that's just not a thing anymore. Right. It's a, shu- mm-hmm. a huge thing for me. So I don't know how you guys felt about the passing of Stanley. and I mean, I don't expect you guys to be, like, jumping for
0: joy or anything, no, no. but thoughts? Uh, it was definitely, thoughts? for me, it was, you know... This is a man who created such iconic stories and characters. They're known the world over. I mean, the world, and not by people who read comics. These are characters that crossed so much into mainstream culture, not just pop culture, that they are on everything. They are everywhere. There's clothing lines and uh, apparel, and you you know, uh, products and knickknacks and shows and things. Before the movies even ever came out, the (coughs) some of the things he created were household names. Right. So, the man was a powerhouse in terms of what he created. There are, of course, the tales of him not being the greatest to work with. Him taking things from Jack Kirby Kirby and so there are stories. Joseph, thank you. There are stories of him, you know, taking taking credit for things like Jack Kirby did more of, and other characters did more of, and you, you hear those stories that you know. But at the same point, he was a tireless self-promoter for Mm -hmm. what he... I mean, the guy lived and breathed what he did. Right. And there's no denying... You know, you don't don't speak ill of people at this time. You know, you don't focus on those things. You just kind of say, the man had an unbelievable influence on a huge number of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in the way they go about their daily life, but just the fact that they're aware of what he... I mean... Right. The huge amount of the populace being aware of things he had a hand in, so obviously the guy had an amazing, gigantic influence. My story of Stan Lee is I got to meet him once. I was at San Diego Comic Con in 2011, doing chalk art, and every morning, well, the first night I was there, I, I realized he was staying in my hotel, right? And I saw him in the lobby, but he of course had a crowd of about 30 people around him, plus his handler and stuff. And I was getting close, kind of hanging out. The guy saw me, and I said, oh, I just wanted to show Stan what I do. You know, I I happen to have my little portfolio with me of chalk art pieces. I've done a number of, you know, Marvel pieces. Right. And I said, I just think he'd, you know, appreciate it. I'm not looking for anything else. He said, well, as you can see, he's surrounded. He's crazy busy. But the guy said, I'll tell you what. Every morning, we have breakfast downstairs, and it's usually very quiet. So, you know, if you want to have breakfast down there, maybe we'll get a chance. So every morning, the entire four days I was at Comic-Con working, (laughs) I'd go down and have breakfast every morning. It also was the easiest way to do it in the hotel. Right. I, there was nowhere. I wasn't going to get anywhere. You know, right. It was crowded and everything. So I didn't mind. And every morning I saw him come down, and every morning I'd catch the eye of the handler. The guy would be like, yeah, not today, not today. Last day I was there, right. the guy waved me over. He said, yeah, come on over. So it was just him and his handler <clears throat> having breakfast. And I sat with them for like 10, 15 minutes. Cool. And who, you know, people in their interactions with Stan Lee, I hear about him. It's like, yeah, I got to say hi to him. And it was like 20 seconds. And I, right. I was honored that I got to sit there, open my portfolio, show and he immediately like stopped eating. He started looking much more closely at what I'd done, you slipping the pages. And he looked up at me and I remember I'll never forget, he was like, You've created your own art form here. Yeah. And in just moments, he kind of summed up what i had, what I the trajectory of my career that I always planned. I always said, I could go to comic conventions and be one of eight hundred people in Artist Alley. Right. Or I could go and be one of one doing the chalk art. Right. And so I early on made that decision. I'm going to do this unique path. He almost immediately. I'm, we're talking that took me a year or two to really kind of wrap my brain around and realize what I was doing. In seconds, he saw that. Right. He's like, "You're taking this unique trajectory and doing all this stuff." So the guy thought business. The guy instantly looked at the angles. I mean, he was, and this was uh, it would have been like five years ago. He was about 90, <laughs> you right. know. So he he was on at 90 in terms of seeing exactly what the angle were on things, and that impressed me and will always impress me that he was that aware of, of stuff. So I talked to him. He liked the work. He thought it was cool. I Unfortunately, I was asked a couple times to maybe do a piece at the Stanley KamikazeCon, but it never worked out. Right. I did do the tribute piece at ACBC. He couldn't attend because he was sick. Sick, yep. So I never got to bump into him again, but I'm just happy I have that moment with him. And the guy was cool. Apart from the ups and downs, and whatever his life had, we all have constant ones, and when you're as big as he was and working in the business he did, I'm sure he upset a lot of people. Sure. Sometimes, I'm sure they were valid reasons to be upset with him. But the guy was an icon. Right. There's not a lot of people you can call icons, and he was. So, he'll be missed.
1: Gary, thoughts on Death of Stan Lee? I mean, did you have anything you wanted to add? I don't
2: have no cool story like Eric
1: got. I don't either, so it's okay.
2: I, I don't. Ha- I don't I didn't have the emotions that you
0: had about it. So, if you didn't have his emotions or my story, you've got cold, hard logic on your
2: side. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean,
0: I, I, I hate to say it this way, but I've,
2: most of my life I've been around death. I mean, I've had a lot of aunts and uncles pass mm-hmm. away and all that. And so, it's it's a normal thing to me, I guess. Yeah, I get it. You know, so
1: it, it's, I don't know what else to say. I don't want to disrespect the guy. No, I'm I get not- what you're saying. <laughs> and I don't think I was sad about, like, his passing. And that was a really weird thing I was trying to explain to even my kids, like I wasn't sad at his passing. He's ninety five. He, what could the guy complain about? I mean, he lived till ninety five. We only, you know, we could only dream of living till ninety five. I would love to live to ninety five. I guess what I was kind of emotional about was the sudden realization that my childhood took a hit. You know what I mean? Like it's my childhood. It's it's to me when I was getting bullied in school, and made fun of for my weight, and people were making fun of me calling me Larson and everything else because of Gary Larson, and they always compared me to the fat characters on there. And so, like, I started hating art and comic strips and all that because I was being made fun of for that stuff. But then I knew when I read a Marvel comic, nobody was ever going to compare me to those characters and make fun of me for that. So that was, like, the one thing that always kind of, like, I could look to that as the escape versus everything else in the world. And I, I'm kind of sad I never got to meet Stan. It was the one person I'd always kind of had on my bucket list that I, you know, John Williams is another one I have on my bucket list that I'd love to meet. Um, and I was so hoping he'd be at ACBC so I could meet him. And I never even had a shot to get an autograph. So I was just so thankful that, you know, his, his I think it was his daughter was there running the table, but I got to meet her.
2: Yeah, wh- whoever was at the museum portion of that. I'm pretty sure uh, it was his daughter. Said that, write your name down. And pay for the autograph that you would have paid for here, but it was a lot cheaper that way too. Right, and we'll make sure that you get an autograph of whatever you want an autograph. And they had like a
1: there a were thirty options. or forty yeah, different comic things books you, and stuff yeah. that you could get an autograph. Did you do or
2: it? Or yeah, I got one too. Okay,
1: yeah, and it was well, just called like that's where, you got that's where I got after. that comic book. Yeah, my Captain America one, and it was just kind of like, um, and she was really cool about it. And that's where I met. Muse too, who was goofing yeah. around about buying things from the from the the Stanley Museum, which I'll still Sorry. never forget.
0: Explain
1: who? Uh, Jason Muse. Yeah, <laughs> from, of, of Jay and Silent Bob. So, it's, so, that's, y- so you uh, do Jay. have
2: you do have a good story you could tell.
1: I do. I do. I, I, it's while we were at ACBC, and I wanted to meet Stanley, and I couldn't. Jason Muse Moose came over and started talking to the lady from the Stanley Museum. And he had his wallet out, and he's looking at the Galactus and Silver Surfer statue. I mean, it was an amazing statue. It was, like, probably a, you know, five-foot-tall statue of Galactus with Silver Surfer going around him. And uh, he just goes, so how much for this? you and the lady goes no 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 this is from stan's personal museum it's not, it's not for sale and jason goes come on everything's got a price and she's like no seriously we can't and he looked at me and he goes can we sneak it away for like an hour and he looks at me and he goes dude i know you could cast it you could make a cast of it we could make millions come on he's like <laughs> and I'm like, leave me out of it. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but you mm-hmm. know, you know Stanley brought you together. Stanley brought me and Jason Hughes together, goofing around at the Stanley Museum. It was it was a great moment. And uh, Stanley is forever gonna. So here's my thing. I was thinking about like as as we were driving back, I was sitting there thinking, has there ever been or will there ever be an American author as I guess as as, you know, as much of a celebrity as Stanley was? Like, has there ever been an American author that's well, you been got- that? There's King.
0: Yeah, I guess Stephen I King mean, he's has his had, following. He's had his, more movies made of his stuff than any other author. True. He's And he's appeared, you know, you've seen him physically. People are aware what he looks like and right. stuff. But he's not the character Right. to the extent that He's a character, is. but he's not the character to the extent Stanley was. You're right. Was. St-
1: Stephen King is pretty popular, you know. <clears throat> but I've been trying to think of it. Like, there's not a lot of authors you can sit there and say they've had that much of an influence. And even if you go outside the United States, I mean, like... Yeah, you could argue people like J.R.R. Tolkien or C.S. Right. Lewis or other people maybe in the pop culture world might have had, but I just don't think there's anybody out there that's had that kind of influence as Stan Lee's had, and that's pretty incredible when you think about it. I mean, yeah, just yeah. just from the, the standpoint of the, I don't want to say the sheer power, but just the idea that he affected that many people, yeah, and that's just pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I was saying, is
0: he's, he's touched it. people all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, and he's going to be a, he could have been arrested for that <laughs> um, he he has mentally touched right. he's been he's been influenced on the lives of some people right. so he's
1: absolutely yeah. and it's going to be interesting to see how you know we move forward now without a Stan Lee around to, to guide the comic book industry yeah, yeah. Going to be interesting.
0: Well, has he been guiding it any time recently? I, I guess mean, he really fun.
1: hasn't, because Marvel's been making their own decisions yeah. without him, and he's, I don't know he, how much influence he's had.
0: From what I read in the he, last
1: ten years, he or so. literally
0: was the Marvel mascot. They paid him to right. be Stanley, right? To go around and be Stanley, and nothing much and more. He was that. not. He was not contributing a whole lot to the storylines or anything like that. I mean, they, they've got their writers and their bullpens and all that have been going for years and decades. He was more of a figurehead at this point, right? But there's still that influence. That and
1: people... It was funny. About a week later, maybe it was two. A couple of my friends were like, they posted up this thing about a story of like, don't forget, Stanley's also the guy that created, right? And they went through some of the characters, like Modoc, <laughs> <You know>, like <laughs> some of the crazy ones. You're just kind of like Modoc. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, as weird as Stan was, and some of the things he created, even those were kind of cool. Not really, they wouldn't work well, but. You know, you got to give him credit where credit's due, and you got to also admit there were some bombs that came out from Stanley's group, too. Okay, so the next thing we want to talk about, ironic that we're going to talk about this just after talking about Stanley, there's been a lot of announcements coming out lately about canceled shows on Netflix, and we're not talking about actual, uh, you know, Netflix backed things, but more of Marvel shows that are getting canceled on Netflix.
0: Yep, in the past month.
1: In the past month, there's been a flurry of things going on. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it when people ask me, like, what do, what do you think of all this going on? Like, it's just a flurry of cancellations. So, Iron Fist
0: went first, which that? a lot of people expected. Because was Iron it Iron Fist, Fist
1: first or Defenders first? I can't remember. Well, Defenders was kind it was, of the same day, right?
0: it was kind of a one-off. They didn't yeah. know if there was going to be another Defenders. And when they canceled... Iron Fist, Iron Fist people for were, sure. People were saying, well, he'll be back in the next Defenders series. Right. Just, his series wasn't successful. Right. But then Luke Cage got canceled.
1: And that was the next day, was, if I remember uh, correctly, Very right? close to it. it was, very close. Yeah.
0: And people were like, what's Whoa. going on Yeah, like, here? what's going on? And then there were, of course, pictures of the four of them together and the two of them fading into dust. And they're <laughs> saying it was the snap. There's <laughs> the your snap half. The snap
1: killed yeah, half of them.
0: <laughs> but now we And get- I did kind of
1: <laughs> wonder if they were going to leave it at that. Like, Luke Cage, Iron Fist... Yeah. They disappeared, Thanos snapped, whatever. I did think that was kind of a cool idea if they were gonna go with it. But then since then Daredevil. Daredevil's been cancelled too. And now that's I haven't their latest big one. I haven't seen the latest season of Daredevil, but I heard it's really good. I and hear there's
0: an eleven minute one take fight scene in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's an eleven minute scene where they yeah, in one take they did the scene, it was crazy. Uh and I just can't I'm surprised but I'm not. <clears throat> surprised but I'm not. Right. And of course now everybody who watches <laughs> Jessica Jones yeah. and the Punisher are kind of sitting on bated breath going
0: well I'll tell you right now any second we're now? not the only ones surprised because people t- were tweeting from the Daredevil writing room right about how much work they'd put into season 4 right they had timelines they had moments they had all these cool things they were going to touch on people were like it's weird sitting in the Daredevil writing room knowing we're done we're, we're wrapping everything up here we're they still showed up because they're they have to close up shop right but they're they were like we thought we were spending all this time preparing a season four so they didn't know the writers and had had no idea
1: right and so there's now a lot of speculation about why this has been happening and I I called this as soon as Disney talked about launching their app oh, I, yeah. I, I knew it was coming I saw it coming um, I think it was hard for most people not to see it coming that Disney's basically going to shut down everything outside of the scope of what Disney has I would not be surprised if the next series of things we see getting canceled are things like The Gifted. Uh, what's the one that's on FX right now? Legion. Legion. I think that'll get canceled soon. Um, and then
0: you got the Sony properties, which we know they bought. Out, they're going to get them in the sale. Ev- yeah, the eventually. Fox. It was the not Sony. The the Fox. Fox. Fox yeah, Fox. Yeah, Fox uh, properties. Properties. And now Sony. How How hard is Sony? Shaking right now, going. Are we going to lose Spider-Man?
1: Right. I are mean, we, like,
0: we—they're going to somehow find a way to take this. From I us. mean,
1: I, I guess the question is, how, how much are they willing to hang on to Spider-Man? How hard are they willing to hang mm-hmm. on to it? You know, beyond because that's about the last major property. Pretty much, it's that's
0: it. that's not back in their wheelhouse. You know, they want full control.
1: Right. Oh, I, I know they want it. It's just a matter of is Sony willing to hang on, or are they going to be? Uh, I think are they going to force them to pay big bucks? And I don't know. That yeah. might just be it, right there. You know.
2: And I think Universal still owns the Hulk.
1: So that your trade—that's right. true for, for individual films. For yeah, individual, which is films. one of the reasons
0: they haven't been making individual films,
1: right? Which is surprising for me. I'm amazed they haven't gone after Universal for that. Which
0: oh, I'm guaranteeing you, there's something behind the scenes where they're pushing for it.
1: I'm sure they are, they, but right now it doesn't seem like Universal's budging at all.
2: Well, unless they already own it and the has been announced.
1: That's true. That's that's a possibility. Because after all these... Everything after Avengers 4 is kind of like, right. you don't know yet, you know, so it's kind of like, yeah. Uh, now, it, it has been revealed, at least in an interview the Russo brothers gave, that the original after Avengers 4 is no longer the original after Avengers 4. They did say that after the sale, they went back to the writing room and rehashed the timeline. So I guarantee that there's been a discussion about like what does that mean?
0: Fantastic Four, X-Men. Right.
1: So I'm sure that that's all you know being included in this. But I guess the big question is like, does Disney now take Daredevil from the Netflix series and just put it on their app, or do they start over?
0: Yeah, and that's my wondering is these people have put a lot into these characters on uh netflix and some of these shows have been really good like i kind of picture charlie cox as as daredevil
1: it's hard not to now
0: he did a really good job as the character right but you know has maybe you don't know behind the scenes maybe maybe the disney higher ups and people in marvel are like and we've never liked this version we want to change it up we want it more we want it this way so who knows uh it could go either way i i would like to see these people continue in the roles but We all know that Marvel can survive a recast.
1: So according to this article on Collider, the only thing that's been confirmed on the Disney app is a limited series starring Tom... Hiddleston as Loki, so he might which
0: which is awesome.
1: Which I would love to um, see a yeah. Loki series. Don't get me wrong. And there's also the rumor of Falcon and Winter Soldier having a series. I wouldn't be surprised. A to buddy, see a buddy I mean,
0: series. The two a buddy series. <laughs> I wouldn't surprise
1: me to see that. A Scarlet Witch series would be cool. Yep. I could totally see a Scarlet Witch and Vision series would be a cool thing. Well, because uh, weren't they a comic book for a while? Right. Were, oh,
0: they've been a couple for a long time, but but now that Vision's dead, and does he come back?
1: <laughs> well, you know and that. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of questions there about how that works. But it's interesting because now this app is kind of other Kevin Feige's, and they point that out here, not Jeff Loeb. Now, with that all said, I don't know if you've watched both seasons of Iron Fist. I have. No. They're extremely slow. Yeah, that's
0: what I've heard. Extremely
1: slow. The only Of all the series that I watched, and I've watched them all now twice except for the last season of Daredevil, the only one that has kept me entertained all the way through from beginning to end ironically, is Luke Cage. And it's not the one I was really excited to see. I actually wanted to see it, it, it's, Jessica it's, Jones. I really wanted to see the others. It,
2: it's funny you mentioned that because that's the only one I liked.
1: Yeah, it, it really is the yeah, only one that... And
2: I watched it all from the first season right to the end. Right.
1: And it, it just is the only thing to me that had any substance to right. it at all. And actually, I'm I'm a little upset to see it go only because it introduced Cottonmouth and all these other crazy characters that I actually kind of liked in the Marvel Universe. Now, they could reintroduce them. I'm sure they would consider it. It's just kind of hard to do that now. Now, on the flip side, Jeff Loeb, and it is another controversy with Jeff Loeb. A lot of people complained you didn't see the characters in their costumes enough to know they were the characters. I could see where that's a complaint and where Marvel might want to redo it and <clears throat> fix that. So but now that Marvel, Luke Cage looks like Luke yeah, Cage, I mean, Iron Man, Iron Fist, excuse me, looks like Iron Fist, yeah, you know? I mean,
0: Marvel was always big on that. Marvel was always, right. let's get them in their costumes right. in a way that works.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting to see how this is going to play out. I think the Disney app's going to be an interesting thing when it comes out. And I guess the real question is
0: 2019. Sometime 2019,
1: next year. right? Like what does that mean for the rest of the world? Cuz Disney's app comes out, the WB app comes out for all the Warner Brothers stuff. That's
0: price point is going to be Superman and all what, that. If 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 Disney comes out at about a Netflix price, it's going to be very very appealing.
1: Well, already there's been a discussion there's going to be a price war. Who can undercut the other company but still make a profit in the end right. and, and you got to remember we, we've we got hulu in that mix we've got netflix in that mix the disney app, amazon prime amazon prime the warner brothers I amazon mean,
0: prime i think is going to be fine because they're tied to they've amazon got so itself. many other things and they've yeah. got so much going yeah. on i think the, the fact that they can take their videos and digitize them and just say hey here's all these channels and things i think amazon's going to be fine right hulu i see being they an, may not be able to compete yeah. Because they're focused purely on television, right? but a lot of the big shows people want to see on television are going to be on these other apps. Right. And I think Disney's got a challenge, too. There's only certain things they can offer, right? Like,
1: it's all Disney stuff.
0: Yeah, and they can only offer Star Wars only, and Marvel. But, but you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, I, I know what you're saying about the money. the entire back catalog of all Disney movies, animation, and shows.
1: But here's the catch, though. <laughs> Would people be willing to... I'm just putting this out there as a thought process. Yeah. Would people be willing to pay for a streaming service when I've already got those Disney movies I like sitting in my cabinet on Blu-ray or well, DVD? That's, Disney you know what I mean? is working
0: on... Content is king. And that's right. going to be the key. Mandalorian is, right. and, and um, Loki TV series are just the start. They're going to
1: have to... I mean, that's got to be the tip of the iceberg. They're going to have to start generating some stuff and fast in order to catch up. Because think about it. Netflix... Already has mm-hmm. all these series that have got yeah. going on. Yeah, you took away all the Marvel properties, but to an extent, Netflix is kind of laughing. Going, really? We got the Handmaid's Tale. We got this. Uh, we got I that. Mean, I mean, like,
0: yeah. how many shows do they
1: have? That's there. <laughs> it amazes
0: me that and how quickly it happened. I remember when Netflix started coming out with these original. I'd see Netflix original above yeah. a, a random show or two on my right on my screen. I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. They're making shows now. I feel like that was two and a half, maybe three years ago that I started. I was seeing that was almost six, and now. It's most of their content right. is Netflix original. Netflix original. I'm mean, like I'm scrolling through, going, my God, all these shows they make. Right. They became a production. They, it, studio. they did
1: become a production <clears throat> powerhouse, and they
0: did it fast.
1: Right. Right.
0: So Disney can do it pretty fast.
1: Sure. It's just a matter of, are they going to be able to keep up with the Joneses and, and produce it quick enough yeah. to compete. The way I, I look at, at it is it's
0: going to come down to three. It's going to everyone else will kind of fall by the wayside, and it's going to be Amazon, Netflix, and Disney.
1: I feel I, I, can totally I feel see things that. like
0: CBS's app. Yeah, that's going to be it's a non-competitor. Even though non- it's got Star competitor. Trek... They're gonna have to make a deal to like move the show to Netflix or yeah. move the show to some Amazon or something like that. I just feel like those other side ones are gonna end up. Even HBO go their their mobile streaming. I think they're, they're losing, gonna have
1: to go in with somebody in order loo- to keep going because they're
0: losing Game of Thrones. And granted, right. they're doing. They are. Is it HBO that's doing? No. A- is it Amazon doing the Lord of the Rings show? We talked about that. That's Amazon doing yeah. the Lord so, of the yeah, Rings show. So yeah, they've got that's that. their hook. And that hook is gonna right. keep them going for a while, especially if they got like a five year commitment to that thing. Right. People are gonna be all over that. Right, Did, uh, HBO. I, I'm trying. To th- they had one big thing in the pipeline coming up because they're losing Game of Thrones after this next season. They are, and they don't have anything else that you're just like, oh my god, must see nope. type thing. So I, I thought they named something else, but I can't remember what it was. But what I got excited about, and I showed you guys just before the show started, yeah. uh, Netflix is doing a live-action Cowboy Bebop television series. <laughs> 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 Anime geeks all over the world are super excited about that, or and, oh, and terrifying.
1: And when you look at other things, too, like Titans on the WB app, right? Like, I don't know if that's going to be able to compete with yeah. all this. I mean, it's starting to get to be a point where this is all noise, right? Like... It is getting to a point where comic book TV shows are noise. There's a lot of it, and it, and I hate to say yeah. it. I myself am having to start making the decision about, hey, I'm not going to watch this show I, there's anymore because I just can't.
0: There's, there's tons I haven't seen. I have, There's a majority of the comic book shows. This is me. Right. Collected comic books Right, years, same here, yeah. Works at comic yeah. conventions, wants to <laughs> draw comic books. Right. I don't watch most of these shows simply because of time.
1: Right, and I, I'm having the same issue. I actually dropped Supergirl this year, and I never thought I would stop. I just couldn't. It was just like there's too much to watch. They,
2: they, uh, they changed the day and time on it, and I can't get it on my DVR now.
1: Oh, really? Well, I, it's, it's not even that for me. It's just the... I had to make a decision, you know right, what I mean? Well, I can't keep filling my DVR with all this crazy stuff, and at some point I had to make a decision. Well, the, the problem is the they, they, they changed
2: all the, sh- the times for the shows that I was getting. Right. Legend of Tomorrow. They did. Uh, and the DVR doesn't pick it up? My DVR won't pick it up, oh. no. No. The change, it
1: won't. Yeah, you have to find it again and re, so, like, re-hook it. re it and, it. Yeah. and re-series yeah. it and delete your old one. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm a little woeful to catch, mm-hmm. to, to hook up with Batwoman, not because I'm not interested, I am. But it's just kind of like I can't put another show on, you know what I mean? Like, it's something else is going to have to come off, and I just, you know, and, and I am getting to that point where I'm going to have to start making some tough decisions, and I don't want to make some of them. Like, I like Legends of Tomorrow, but it may have to right. go soon. Um, love The Flash. I don't think I'll ever stop watching The Flash, but it's just like i got to start making tough decisions. Now, the one good thing is Gotham's about to end. And I didn't know that's crazy because I love Gotham, but I'm kind of glad it's about to come to an end because I couldn't keep up with it and everything else. It's just crazy. <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to our next topic when it comes to the Dizzy Plus app. And that is the huge announcements that have been made recently about the TV show The Mandalorian. Matter of fact, there was one we discovered tonight. We're like, oh, huh, we didn't know that. So we'll start off with the some of the lead cast, which has actually been revealed to us now uh, as people that are in The Mandalorian. First off, we'll start off with The Mandalorian, by the way, if you didn't know. Pedro Pascal is playing the Mandalorian.
0: And people all over the world are going,
1: who? Who?" Uh, well, I have to admit, like I was like, who? I didn't even go look it up at the time because I didn't have time to go look it up <coughs> online. Uh, that is the guy who uh, was <laughs> faced the mountain in Game of Thrones. So as soon as Gary said that, I knew exactly yeah. what we were talking the, the, about. The Red Viper. The Red Viper. It was, uh, was
2: Whiskey and the Kingsman and the Golden Circle. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, so that was the cowboy which amazed, guy. Which amazed <laughs> me. The I did not recognize with The, yeah. Oh, yeah, the he, guy with the laser weapon, Amazing. Right. He,
1: he
2: did an exceptional job in The Great Wall, too. I, oh, in The Great I, Wall? I have to see that. It was, it, was, it, was, it
0: was different, but it was good. I liked it.
1: I also heard he did a pretty good job in, in Graceland. That
0: I think the role he'll, he'll most be known for is goth guy in Earth versus the Spider, <laughs> the television movie from 2001. Defining career role. You, you
1: you know Netflix or uh, you know the MST3K is just waiting for the opportunity for that to go into B film, film mode and they're gonna go after that like hard.
2: Now what what, what I want to do I want to get a movie poster of that
0: and have him sign and what, it. when I
1: see him have him, have sign. him sign it. <laughs> that actually would be kind of fun to do. I loved you in this. I loved you in, loved you in the Mandalorian Could you sign this poster about spider? <laughs> no 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 no. I'm, I loved
0: I'm you in the versus the spider. I'm in line uh, with that.
1: I loved you in this movie. <laughs> So I think he's kind of an interesting choice for the Mandalorian. I mean, um, he—he, it'll be interesting to see the role that this takes on. You know, I I think he's a good enough actor to pull off a TV series for sure. Um, It'll be interesting to see how this plays out for him. The other one that they've picked is Gina Carano to play somebody. We don't know who in the show. Uh, Now I got to admit, the the picture at IMDb was kind of like she's a nice looking young lady, and then you're like. Whoa, wait a minute. That's the chick that fought Colossus in Deadpool. And it's like, whoa. She played Angel Dust in Deadpool. And I uh, I just, I can't get over that. She just, those two pictures look so worlds apart for me. Um, but she's, uh, Gary, you said she's an ex MMA fighter, right? Yep. And she was also in the Fast and Furious movies. She was in the Fast and Furious movies. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what role she plays in this movie, whether she's a good guy or bad guy. We don't even know that. Um, so she's she's definitely in it. And then the, the latest one, which kind of took us by surprise as we were looking through, apparently Disney's announced that Nick Nolte is joining the cast yep. of The Mandalorian.
0: And they want him to look just like his mugshot. <laughs> crazy white <laughs> hair and everything.
1: Hey, oh, I kind of like the idea of Nick Nolte because wouldn't he play a, a really good, like, crazy out-of-control pirate? <laughs> like, seriously, wouldn't he? That would be awesome. You know, the,
2: the mugshot. You know, and the Mandalorian's going after the bounty on him, that'd be awesome. Well that's what I'm saying.
1: Like he could be the pirate the Mandalorian's going after, right? Well, or whatever. You
0: know you know that when the, the Ang Lee Hulk came out, that was why he looked the way he did in Ang Lee's Hulk. They actually said we we want you to look like that mugshot. Oh, the mugshot. So he went with the white hair and he looked all disheveled and he you know, was all like he looked No, I didn't yeah, know uh, they they purposely made him kind of like the mugshot. That was the way oh. they, they did the character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that that's interesting. I mean,
0: that's how far back that mugshot goes to give right. you an idea. Angley's Hulk came out in what 2003 or something, something like that. So, yeah, that was before that. It was like the late 90s or something.
1: Yeah, uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what role he plays in in the in the TV show. I keep wanting to say movie, but it's a TV show. Uh, it just looks very epic, and you know it was interesting. We were reading another article tonight about the Russo brothers talking about the unique way they're shooting this TV show. Yeah,
0: he did a set visit. They did a set visit. W- the episode uh, Taika Wakiki. right? Uh, the guy who directed Thor um, Ragnarok, Rock. is doing an episode, and apparently the technology they're using on this TV show is going to make it look spectacular.
1: Yeah, and um, they they did talk about, and you've talked about it several times. The, the Jungle Book.
0: Technology. I was right? amazed and, and the fact when I saw what, what was actually digital in that movie. And I I'm know. like, I knew the animals were right, and I knew the epic distant vistas had to be, but I was assuming that some of the more localized stuff was built. And then I'd see the set, and it was just pure blue screen yep. with people carrying around this kid. No ground, no nothing. I'm like, I could yeah. not tell. So, have you guys, th- I, I mean, speaking impressed.
1: of which, have you guys seen the trailer for the live-action Lion King? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and you know, I like, I like everyone saying it's not really live action <laughs> it's all cgi <laughs> and i i'll get th- i'll give you that it's not it's just another form of animation but it's realistic animation. i was gonna say it, it's impressive i yeah, i find it, it
1: impressive i'm it like is. that's pretty i mean it's definitely over the top i was like wow i mean it's it's it definitely takes things to a newer level for disney i mean there's a lot of people are complaining it's almost shot for shot like the the, well, the trailer was the cartoon and i'm kind of like so what if the whole movie is who cares I'd love to see it in live-action form, shot for shot, like the cartoon, because the comparisons would not be anywhere near. For me, I mean, I don't think it's it's even comparable, but I'm excited about this TV show. I'd like to see a Family Guy version of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be hard for Seth Green to put that together, I'm sure. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, like, having these three actors come on, does that, like, does that kind of bubble up your
0: interest about this show a little bit. Actors, it's tough. Unless it's a huge name where I'm like, holy crow, they got that. Right. I'm like, okay, these are good. These are. I like that these are not big name stars. I right. kind of like that they're going... I mean, Nick Nolte is, but he may be playing a more side role or something. Right. We don't know. The- I like that the leads are people re- that can really lose themselves in the role and you're not going to see them go, oh, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so. You There's more of a chance of you falling into the fantasy because of that. Right.
2: The only problem I see is I don't think you're going to see Pedro Pascal in the armor too much okay that's my only concern on
1: that i get what you're saying because like somebody else in the armor and pedro's the doing a lot of shots outside of the armor
0: no i'm just saying it, you're, it's you're the, it'll be the spider-man effect where they'll find any and every reason that he's not going to wear a helmet oh, or, okay. or okay. not you know spider-man never had right. they took the mask off all the time in the freaking movies the early right. movies and you're like put them ma- you your spider-man wear the mask they found a reason to show the face because that's what they're right. paying for, and that's what he's worried about is like they won't. They'll find get reasons what you're to saying, not no. have him be a Mando.
1: So we're not going to hear a lot of uh, <laughs> amped up voiceover kind of things. It'll be more of him taking his helmet off and talking to people kind of thing. You well, know, you, right? you,
0: that,
2: you'll hear that, but the, you're not going to see him in the armor all the time. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, the Mando movie or TV show—I I don't know. You know, should be.
1: <laughs> uh, and maybe this is. And uh, maybe this because I like John Favreau and the way he thinks out of the box. Uh, he did talk about the Iron Man movies, and one of the things they wanted to do is they wanted to see Tony Stark. And so, a lot of the things, if you think back to the Iron Man movies, is they show the heads up display, right? And you see Tony Stark because they were paying him for his face, not for him to be in an Iron Man suit. Right.
2: But he wanted to be in a suit, though. He d- he did.
1: Is he, he did.
2: Does Pedro Pascal want to be in the suit all the time?
1: And maybe he does. We don't know, right? We don't know his motivation at this uh, point. I don't know. And <laughs> could they... Well, I'm just saying, could they do that here? They could do the heads-up display, because we know there's HUD displays inside Mando armor. Could we, for the first time, see that and use that as a way to show Pedro... I mean, I'm just saying, there is there is hope that maybe that's a possibility that they're thinking of doing that.
2: Well, look at uh, Phasma. She ate her helmet off a
1: lot, too. You're right. I know. Oh, wait, wait, I what?
0: Know. Phasma? Yeah. <laughs> Phasma never took her helmet off. Yes, yeah, she did. I, yeah, she did. I never saw the character without the helmet on in the movies.
1: No, she she did. Several when? times, actually. When? I'll, I'll uh, show you. I'll show you on YouTube later. She Several times she took it off. On the ship, when she first came up to question him after they got back... She never took it off. Yes, yeah, she did. She actually took the helmet off to talk to him first. No.
0: I'm betting you're wrong on this. I think you guys are picturing something, because I made a point of going, I have never seen Gwendolyn Christie in a Star Wars movie. I've only seen Phasma. I've been aware of this.
1: Okay. Well we'll take a look at it later and, and I really want to see. It.
0: I don't think she does. Okay. Alright. <laughs> I think the only thing we've we'll ever bring seen. bring back her, to the next episode. God, I think the only thing we've ever seen of Gwendolyn Christie is her eye from the broken mask in the last movie. Okay. I'm pretty sure she takes the helmet off. The Trash Compactor portion. Trash Compactor portion no. that she did, yes. right? No, she was in the mask the entire time. No. Yes. Nope. I guarantee it. I think you guys are wrong, and I totally want to bring this
1: well, up. Well, we'll, well for the next, we will look between now and the next episode, and we'll let you know. Okay. So there's there's definitely a lot of hype, I think, around The Mandalorian. It'll be interesting to see how this all kind of plays out. Okay, next thing we want to talk about, StarWars.com just released some, um, they're about, what, seven one-minute shorts? Yeah, on YouTube. And I think there's more um, coming. On your like. YouTube channel, and, and it's mostly for Star Wars kids. The target audience is supposed to be kids. And it's titled Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. Now, Eric, you kind of had some more information about this because you brought it to our attention.
0: Well, basically, from what I read, was it is a way to introduce a younger audience to the original Star Wars movies who may not have the patience or the interest in watching those older films. You know, as Spider-Man says, hey, remember that wicked old movie Empire Strikes Back? (laughs) that's the way a lot of the younger generation looks at those films they're really old the same way when we were kids we looked at like casablanca and stuff we're like we don't want to watch that it doesn't have high special effects and all the modern day stuff so they're they're trying to get kids i think at a young age interested in the story by doing these snippets that encapsulate sections of the original trilogy and as we saw a little bit extra they did a bit from rogue one right um and and it's captured in an animation form in these bite-sized segments to kind of draw them in and be like, what's this? I want to see more about it. It's supposed to get kids interested in star Wars and learning more about the stories. Right. And so we watched
1: them because we decided, Hey, why not check them out for ourselves? Let's, let's, let's see what this thing's all about. Uh, um, you know, it was interesting. It's got kind of a semi animation style to it, but not all like, um, stylized like animation is. Right. It's a little more blocky than that. in, in that regard, uh, it was interesting. I thought, you know, I mean, each one-minute episode was, you know, had its moments and its pluses. I mean, we we laughed at quite a few things, like R two screeching halt and acting like they didn't see Darth Vader and hope he doesn't see them. And I thought that was the best. Part uh, of the whole I thought thing. that was the best one of all they of them. Just ones come to a stop.
0: Watched. He walks by and they just turn around and go away.
1: Yeah, like <laughs> you know. Uh, I thought the Chewbacca one was actually kind of funny too. Yeah, the one with him and
0: Han was really good.
1: Yeah, and um, I guess my only concern is like. If they're trying to tell the Star Wars story through these to younger, a younger generation, uh, there's definitely a lot of gaps. So I'm kind of hoping at some point maybe they'll fill those in as they go. It looks like, according to the trailer we watched, that's the plan. There's more
0: segments. That we uh, that seen. There's
1: more segments that we haven't seen, but it definitely it, it um, there's some missing parts here. Overall, though, I kind of enjoyed them. Gary, what did you think of the, the adventures that we watched, here, the Galaxy of Adventures? Well, what I saw, but really
2: I enjoyed what I saw. So.
1: Yeah. Do you think this will work though? Will this really draw in a new generation of Star Wars fans?
0: I could see certain scenes making kids go to their you know they could ask their parents what's right. that? Hey, what is that thing? Yeah. You know, or their dad could show to them and say, "Oh, you want to see Star Wars?" Yeah, okay. I can see it, as long as it yeah. generates some of those conversations, those parents might be able to get those kids to sit down and watch those movies.
1: I just don't know if it's a be all and end all to convince kids to watch the movies. You know what I mean, I don't think
0: it is. I think it's just another tool.
1: I think it's still, and this is the weird thing, Star Wars. I think is still going to be the folk song of the movie universe it's going to get passed from generation to generation by the parents like i got into star wars i passed it on to my kids i know full well even whether my oldest daughter ever will admit it or not she will end up introducing star wars to her kids my son will do it my youngest will do it and i think that's the way star wars is generally going to get passed from generation to gen- it's going to be parents to a kid's And I think that's kind of interesting because folk music was like that for a long time and it didn't need to be a thing. It just happened. Mm -hmm. And I think Star Wars has already set itself up for that. And a lot of people thought Star Trek would and it didn't. And I don't think Star Wars is going to fall short on that. I think Star Trek did, but I don't think Star Wars will. And so it'll be interesting to see if that really plays out for kids, like if this really helps them or if, I don't know, maybe it's just a small marketing ploy just to get the conversation going, like you said, Eric, because it'll be interesting to see. Last thing we wanted to talk about. <laughs> a trailer was released. When was that released, by the way? Do we know officially? Uh,
0: like a, Not long ago. It was, uh,
1: Just a couple like weeks ago, week, right? It about two weeks ago. For a movie called Once Upon a Deadpool. <clears throat> and Eric kind of got us to watch it because I was like, I didn't know what this stupid thing was. I kept seeing like announcements for it, and I didn't know what it meant. And apparently they're going to re-release. Now it's Deadpool 2, right? Yeah, it's Deadpool 2. In PG-13 format. Interesting.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, it looks like they're going to keep it uh, almost like uh, Princess Bride, in, well, in, in the way they're, they're going to tell the story, yeah, correct? Yeah,
0: obviously they're going to be losing some time due to either excessive gro- you know, violence, right. blood, whatever, and they've got to add some stuff in to, to, to pad it back out full. So what they've done as a storytelling device is they're framing it like the movie Princess Bride, where right. Fred Savage was in bed and Peter Falk was reading the story to him, and they'd cut back to it from time to time. Only this time, Deadpool has kidnapped Fred Savage because of him being in The Princess, Princess bride. bride as an adult now, though, and has duct-taped him to a bed and forcing him to do it. And it's very Deadpool. Oh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> the, whole, the whole concept is very Deadpool.
1: It is. I guess my only concern is, is this Disney's attempt to... And this is a good point. ...test market a PG-13 Deadpool so that if they do grab it from Fox... That all of a sudden now they could dial back Deadpool permanently to a PG-13 decision. Right. And that concerns me a little. Because to me, Deadpool's R. I'm sorry. There's no way to do Deadpool without that R rating. He has to be over the top. Um, and if he's not, I just don't see it. I don't see it. My only concern is if this movie does well, Disney will draw it back and decide. Well,
0: then here's, here's the other way I look at it. And I've said this before. How do you get Deadpool... Who is so clearly beyond the fourth wall in yeah. knowing what actors play Marvel roles and right. you know commenting on them? How do you eventually merge him if Ryan Reynolds is still playing him into a Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah,
4: that's and a tough my one.
0: idea was always if he's in a group movie, he's PG thirteen. Yeah, if he's in his and he doesn't break the fourth wall, right. he does his shtick of being crazy Deadpool and, and comments and insults and you know all that stuff but they dial back on the fourth wallness a bit and they right. PG-13 him. And then when he's in his own movie it amps back up and he can even do commentary on the other movie he was in. True. You know and, yeah. and they could go that far so that the Deadpool movies stand alone and I always think that's the way they have to address him is they can't bring his fourth wallness into the other movies cuz it kind of ruins the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So maybe this is their way to test just to see if that part of him could work and if so this character can successfully be merged with the other characters in that way and that's the way i think you have to kind of approach it
1: gary what do you think about deadpool pg-13 why (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of where i'm at too (laughs) deadpool 2 was so good why would you ruin it with a pg-13 rating as my my head went to i want to
0: go see it as a matinee just to see what they do
1: i I get that there's a curiosity to it i just don't know if my curiosity is that you know what i mean I, I get what you're saying, Eric. I get I, it. I just see it as a ploy to make more money. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Isn't yeah.
0: everything a ploy to make money?
1: Well, and Fox has got to do everything they can to make as much money as they can out, off of it while they can. Yeah, because they at some point, it. um, it's, it's a done deal. Okay, so those were our thoughts on all of those things. The Mandalorian, Deadpool, Stanley, Stanley's Passing, the Cancellation, the cancellation Netflix series, and all all of those things and more. We'd love to hear from you. So head on our website, galaxycast.com. Let us know what you think. Write to us at Gmail. We'd love to get some email. Again, Hondo and Ned... And we'd love to hear from you as our audience. And we're going to take a moment and take a break. And we're going to watch Star Wars Resistance. And we'll be back with our thoughts on the latest episodes from Star Wars Resistance.
3: We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel.
4: When you can't find anything to watch on cable, you get bored. When you get bored, you listen to radio cooking shows. When you listen to radio cooking shows, you invite a friend over for dinner. When you invite a friend over for dinner, you use twice as many beans. When you use twice as many beans, you expel deadly farts that kill your friend's dog. When you kill your friend's dog, your friend becomes unstable. When your friend becomes unstable, you're sued for everything you're worth. When you're sued for everything you're worth, you're thrown to the streets. When you're thrown to the streets, you devote your life to world domination. When you devote your life to world domination, you become an evil fascist overlord. When you become an evil fascist overlord, old friends plot their revenge. When old friends plot their revenge, you are shot in the back of the head. And when you're shot in the back of the head, you miss your Jazzercise appointment. Don't miss your Jazzercise appointment. Upgrade to Indirect TV. Go online or call 1-800-IREC-TV.
3: At Lombank. We're with you every step of the way. We sell your dreams. We're not a soulless monolithic institution. We are, but we use nostalgic imagery. It's walking into your dream home. You can't really afford it. We'll lend you the money anyway. It's kids graduating from college. With pointless degrees riddled with debt. It's happy picnics on the beach. There's sewage in the water. Family portraits with everyone dressed the same. You look like twats canoeing in the lake by the power station catching fireflies in a jar and watching them die cheering at high school football games the kids are giving each other brain damage these are the things our lives are made of interest rates only 33.4% Bank, we're the American bank that truly more or less cares about profits Prepare yourself for Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. The
4: cruel crime lord Shizor directs the carbonite capture of Han Solo and his imprisonment aboard bounty hunter Boba Fett's battle-ready Slave One. Now, Luke Skywalker goes undercover with Soldier of Fortune Dash Rendar as he rips through space in his battle-transforming Outrider. But can they stop Slave One in time? It's the ultimate ships for the ultimate battle. Dare to enter the shadows. Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Because in vehicles each sold separately
1: from Kenner. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world.
3: Thank you for your patience as we
1: navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we
3: return to the Galaxy Cast.
1: Hey, folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I hope you had a good break with us. And we are now going to review to us, which is not to you, the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance titled Fuel for the Fire.
0: Not to be confused with the Metallica song. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire.
1: (laughs) Which, by the way, I, I was looking it up. It's interesting, the Disney app on DirecTV and a Disney app, and now IMDb, are all debating about the numbering system on these episodes. So this is actually episode three, according to IMDb. But when you look at Disney's store, it's episode four because they counted the first well, it was, episode it Well, it was
0: four on the DVR.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. And, and it's also that way on the Disney XD app. I looked it up right, while we but were IMDb watching. Right, says it's three. But yeah, it's three. Get,
2: because the first episode is broken into,
1: into two. Into two, correct. But, but it was the ones, Recruit Part 1 the Recruit Part 2.
0: And then some people are counting that as one episode and some aren't. And they right. Get on the same page, people. That's
1: kind of where I'm at. Like, could we all agree on how we're going to number these, these episodes so it's not... You know, I don't know, weird for us when we're trying to talk about these things. Well,
2: f- for me, they can just number them with pillows.
1: <laughs> Apparently. Gary fell asleep in this episode. This I'm just is, being honest here This now. is
0: episode three Z's.
1: Three Z's, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, and, and I've been falling asleep with all of them. It's not just this one. Yeah.
1: It's interesting. They actually ha- they summed up the entire show in one sentence. Kaz befriends a Skyracer named Rucklin who pressures him to take some rare and dangerous hyperfuel hidden in Yeager's office.
0: You now know the entire There you go. Episode. That's the entire episode. <laughs> that's okay. pretty much it.
1: Yeah, that's a, we're, we're done. <laughs> and I am still stumped at the lack of a storyline in this episode. I mean, we were sitting there watching. Uh, it was about halfway through, right, where I looked at you guys and said... You do realize all we're doing again is fighting about fuel. fuel. It's another episode about another fuel. Another episode about fuel. Which, yeah. As
0: you recall if you watched I our do Rebels rem- I do remember that. Do <laughs> so you yes. uh, you were a uh, for that part, I, I right? Was, yeah. Yeah. Or if you've watched our I, Rebels I woke up for that reviews one. we were amazed at how many episodes of Rebels happened revolve around getting fuel.
1: Apparently fuel is a big problem in the Star Wars universe, you know. Never and, not yeah.
0: well, it wasn't in any episodes up until now.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and, and so now it's suddenly a big deal. So yeah.
0: Cruisers are running out of fuel, and the or, uh, the rebels in the Last Jedi, and everyone's running out of fuel. And it's ironic because I, I really can't
1: sum up the episode more than that one sentence did, right? Because that pretty much did it, and and I don't know what else to say about was, the episode. In the that whole regard. episode
0: was was meant to be a character development episode. We were supposed to see Kaz go from being cocky to maybe realizing that he's got certain good things. He he thinks it's all bad, and that maybe. It's not, and that maybe things that seem more appealing, like this group of teenagers who party more and have fun are not true friends, and, you know, who are his true friends. And they did all that kind of stuff as subtext to the episode. He was supposed to grow in this episode.
1: I will say, there's, I think the show is more about Jaeger than it was about Kaz. Because we finally oh, had a yeah, re- revelation about Jaeger having been in the Battle of Jakku... That he had a family. We don't know
0: what happened to the family. We, we don't, don't really know how, assume they're
1: right. gone. We assume they're gone. So there's. to me, this was more about Jaeger than it was about Kaz. Right. Not that we really care that much about Jaeger, because quite honestly, I have no attachment to Jaeger. I have more attachment to Kaz and quite honestly BB-8 at this point than I do Bucket and Jaeger, which yeah. seem to be more of the focal point.
0: The thing I'm getting tired of with Kaz, and it's only been three episodes, <laughs> and I have a feeling from the way I've heard other people review the later episodes, it's going to continue even though I hope it's not, is the cocky attitude where he always fails. Right. Hey, I fixed this engine. You're going to be amazed and the engine puffs. It's The the joke is so... over it's, it's so heavy-handed. <laughs> it's like, I could see it And it was beyond the curvature of the earth, and I could still see it coming. Right. You know, it's like they're too... It's so telegraphed. There's nothing original about that concept of a cocky person doing something that doesn't work out and blah, blah, blah. And they're playing that up every episode. Right. And it doesn't make me like him any. He's he's supposed to be my lead, but he's not someone I can identify with because he's being a jerk. (laughs) Gary, you were going to say something.
2: Well, you just said... uh Tired and everything, little it made me tired.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was interesting that we were kind of surprised a little bit that some of the characters' voices were by people that we were a little shocked at. Oh, yeah. For example, Greg Proops from Whose Lines Anyway was in this for Jack Sivrak, who, by the way, is the announcer, we found out. Which, is, as Eric pointed out, is also an announcer from Star Wars Episode yeah, One. Yeah, Greg Proops was one of
0: the announcers. The,
1: the double headed creature. Elijah Wood was Jace Rucklin. That's right. The guy who drops the ring in the dang mountain is the guy who played Jace Rucklin, which I'm surprised I didn't recognize. No, I didn't his voice recognize it at all. At all. Uh, what'd you care? What'd you think of the character Jace? I mean,
0: well, you knew from the the moment he did anything that he was not on the up and up. He was going to, yeah. He, he had some sort of nefarious plan.
1: You know what he reminded me of? His typical high school bully. Yeah. And, and he he played the role well. I mean, at least in that regard. I think it's interesting to note that Rachel McFarlane was in this episode. We believe is some relation to seth McFarlane. because when some you sort. look
0: at her page she's been on family, family guy, guy and orville.
1: orville and so there's got either their brother and sister or i don't know uh they didn't mention him being married to so i'm thinking it's it's the sister uh there's eric bauza and i don't know who he is but he played gorak wiles which was what what creature is that gary yeah. do you the need them yeah
0: I don't know if that's a species, uh, but that's yeah. But that was the character's that was the name, name, right? Yeah. Uh, was the name in, uh, if, if you saw Return of the Jedi, he was Lando's co-pilot as they right. attacked the uh, the one who went
1: oh, oh, oh. Death Star. Yeah, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did did, 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 did speak in basic?
1: very he didn't speak in basic. So, it, uh, so the whole episode. I mean, there were there were a couple scenes where I liked, and there were a couple scenes where I was like, "What is going on here?" Right. I, I actually kind of liked the engine fouling, fouling off the. The I, I don't know what are they on a spaceport plat- a platform, platform yeah, I guess it's a
0: land, it's a space platform
1: I just thought it was funny that the whole episode we put into the ocean a engine a uh, speeder bike and well parts to an engine too because at the end Part, well,
0: parts <laughs> to a whole ship
1: parts to a whole ship.
0: And then um, parts to an engine after that.
1: So all I can say is uh, people who love the ocean should be really ticked off at this episode. <laughs> like, we put a lot of things into the ocean. And we didn't seem to go swimming after them. Because, like, part of me is like, why not just salvage well, he it, he did. Right? They,
0: salv- they fished out the first thing he dropped in. Did they salvage Yeah, the-, it's the shot as he was lifting it with the magnetic hull.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, the, so
2: they got that the, out. The mine, kill Murray's hook everything up for him. <laughs> there
1: you go. Because it's a twop. <laughs> it's a twop. <laughs> so we were dropping a lot of things in the ocean. We had a, a really kind of weird... Bike race. I'm not sure why. What was the point of that? I still. Well, it's a binding moment.
0: Yeah, I mean that was the thing is they clearly sabotaged Kaz's bike because he said, you know, good, at the end, uh, right. the other guy said, you know, the one played by Elijah Wood, good job with, you know, altering his bike. <clears throat> they wanted him to get into trouble so that he could be rescued, so that he feel he owe them, so that they could then convince him to take him into the office where they were going to steal the. Film. I
1: get it. I get it. So it was all
0: planned to get him to feel like he owed them.
1: It just didn't feel like just a dangerous. Yeah,
0: we're gonna risk killing him. Right to
1: get what we want. What we want. Um, I also thought that whole scene was kind of tragically put together in that his bike's failing yet he's going faster than Elijah Woods' bike. Think about that for a right. minute. Well,
0: no, he said I can't stop it.
1: Right, I get it's, that. It
0: was like I, it's, it was it was over.
1: So he's reaching falling. back. I don't know. It just felt awkwardly choreographed. Quite yeah. honestly, but I
0: do have to admit. It had a good sense of speed, even though they're just over a flat surface. Yeah. One of the things I like about this show, which I always used to hate about Rebels, was the physics. Rebels just felt plodding. Everything that happened felt like it was kind of stuttering and slow, and at least the sense of speed that they're achieving in this. And the sense of the physics, even like when the engine was hanging and he's pulling on it, or they're hanging at the end and BB-8's trying to hold him up, and he he turns slightly sideways to put some tension on the cord. There's little things that the physics of the episodes do that I actually like.
1: Right. I even liked that BB-8 was trying to roll backwards to try to get some momentum going. Right, and he's skidding while he's doing it. Um, I thought that was all cool, too, because that kind of showed some, like you said, some of the the three-dimensionalness to it. And Um, I
0: also liked there was some interesting lighting choices they did in the whole first half of the episode in the platform, where a lot of times people were in in half-in-shadow yeah or the, 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 where they were working was partially in shadow, and I just liked the sense of environment that created because mm-hmm. the lighting in rebels was always this kind of 3D hazy prime light, secondary light, you know right. never really never really dramatic, yeah like I remember back when we were watching uh, the end of the Clone Wars, and they did that episode where the the battle droids came onto the ship. they disabled the ship it was floating it was anti-gravity Oh yeah, and the whole thing was done in red light like the emergency lights had come on and I'm like that's really cool visuals very artistic I like when they do that and then Rebels just seem to always go the well lit never dramatic didn't didn't have any atmosphere in its lighting I'm actually noticing a bit of atmosphere in the lighting of this this show and I'm kind of finding it interesting
1: right from an artistic standpoint I think it's got some interesting things going on I just wish the (laughs) storyline could match that you know it's kind of like the ridiculous moment when they're in Jaeger's office, and we've got what, Jaeger, Jaeger's assistant. We've got Cas, we've got the robot, and we've got Kaz, and we've got uh, Rucklin, J. and J. yet they don't get caught. Yeah, I mean, like that a- just around a table, right around a table. So I'm like sitting here saying, like, that's a physical impossibility. Yeah, they would have gotten caught. And then, as if that's not bad enough, that's the moment Rucklin manages to take the special fuel, really? I mean like I just that whole scene was just unbelievable to yeah. me. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: And I was amazed there wasn't some comment to BB eight because he was supposed to be the lookout and he never told them anything. Yeah. And then you, they meet up with BB eight and nobody says anything like, Hey, where were you? You know, like it would have been kinda of funny if they kinda of kicked him or something and said, Where were you? and all this, you know You know, like <laughs> you know, like it would have been kinda of funny to have that interaction. And we missed it. There was a missed moment there. What did you guys think about the idea that Kaz ran back to try to save Jace from using the fuel? There seemed to be a lot of blocking in that.
0: Well, yeah. It was a clear attempt to show that the redeeming value of him as a character, that he realizes what happened, he realizes he was used, but he's going to go and save the guy. And they even put that moment in where Jaeger sees him in a hallway, and he makes that decision to be like, Okay, I know you're going to get mad at me, but I got to go do the right thing. I got to go save this guy. Right. And so, a little, again, very heavy handed, but pretty clear that they're trying to make him, yeah, he's a screw up and yeah, he's egotistical, but he's got good intentions, is what they're trying to set him up as. But then everywhere he went, like you said, there's people in front of him. We ran into like 90 people in the hallway and other hallways being worked on. It's like,
1: really? (laughs) It's like the biggest or the busiest platform I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. I was like, hmm. You know, I, The one thing I did find interesting is they're trying to humanize Jaeger more and more, even though he's kind of this okay. hard, you're right, like he's trying to be this hard, like, hard nosed leader, yet at the same time, we're kind of getting this impression that like there's something he knows that we don't.
0: Well, he clearly has a history with the rebellion.
1: Sure. And the other thing, interesting thing is we never actually did see Jaeger's ship, ship, ship man. that he supposedly won on, and I'm wondering if that might be the season one finale. We finally see Jaeger in a ship. Flying it, maybe. I'm just wondering if that's, like, the thing. I mean, they said he
0: not only did he win the race, he won it by a large margin. he,
1: he like, whooped everybody's rear end, you know. So it would be kind of interesting to see if maybe that's the way they do it.
0: He's like, and here's the reason why he would know Poe. He's a Poe-level pilot.
1: Right. So, and then you pointed out, Eric, that for the first time in the whole series, we finally see the guy in the tower. Briefly. Briefly. Just very ever so briefly. And I thought it was interesting, you know, some foreshadowing here, because Jaeger says we don't want to draw attention to, to ourselves at this point in time. And so there was a little bit of foreshadowing there, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So overall, I guess we should rate this episode, because that's pretty much all. I don't Do you guys have anything to add to this episode? I mean, there really wasn't much mm-hmm. else but to I talk mean, about. It led
0: to basically there being a bit more mutual respect between Jaeger and, and Kaz, Kaz, because at the end... Jaeger lets him go and cleans parts outside on the on the ledge where he can watch the races. Right, and He realizes, oh, hey, I'm...
1: And then Kaz lets all the parts go into and, the ocean. And then
0: once again, they roll into the ocean. <laughs> it really was a weird mix of, hey, let's do all this character development that's kind of vague. And we'll put one person you've just met at risk. And that guy's going to be a jerk and steal some... Fe-. It's like it was very not focused.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that, and and I, I, li- I agree with you about the lighting thing, you know, and I, at the end, I thought it was interesting that there was that, like, double, like, hey, you get to go out and clean, but oh, by the way, the race is going on, so you get to watch that, so there's that kind of, like, double meaning to that, but I agree with you, Eric, it just felt weird like it was kind of like mishmashed together like maybe there were four writers and two went in a room and wrote one part of it and two went in a room and wrote another part of it and they came back together and went oh shoot how do we get that middle section back together and it just didn't click somewhere along the way i, I, I don't know I well
0: very clearly they felt got dr- disjointed they felt the directive that hey we're three episodes in kaz needs a teachable moment
1: right but i'm not sure that they got that out of this and that's the weird thing about not it. well enough All right, so I guess we'll rate this episode a zero that don't bother, a tens being a must-see. Anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Go ahead, Gary. (laughs) Uh, Zero. Okay. Then why would you give this one a zero?
2: Because uh, as an episode to keep me awake, you know, that it didn't
1: do it. Yeah, you were pretty much asleep the entire episode. Yep. There was nothing in this that got you at all, huh? Didn't even hook you from the beginning. Nope. Wow. Uh, I guess I'll go next. I would actually rate this particular episode probably a 4 or 5. Like, I'd say 4. Storyline was just so lacking for me. Uh, The only redeeming qualities to the whole thing was learning a little bit about Jaeger, which we could have done some other way. And there were just so many unbelievable things about it. The bike, the kind of weird interaction between Kaz and Jace... And just the whole scene uh, inside the office was just awkward. And I know it was supposed to set up so many things, but that's what made it awkward. And it could have been an amazing scene, but it ended up being a really stupid one in the long run. So I, that's why it's only a four for me. Eric, how about you?
0: I was going to go five, like right in the dead middle. Okay. You know, <clears throat> same reasons as you. The story was just unfocused is the best way I can put it. Yeah. They they clearly had this general idea that we wanted Kaz to grow. Hey, let's learn a little about Jaeger. And while we're at it, let's we need some sort of catalyst to move things along. So this guy they meet will steal some fuel. And it's like that's all they had, and they kind of built an episode around that. Right. And it's like we're three episodes in, and already you're making a plot about a guy spying for the rebels on a on a platform. Boring. Right. You're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. It's it's like padding. They always used to call uh, filler episodes an anime. There's things called filler episodes where the anime will actually get ahead of where the writer is writing the manga it's based on. Okay. So they can't do the the proper story anymore, so they start making filler episodes. Mm -hmm. Naruto was famous for this. It did, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of filler episodes where it had nothing to do with the main story.
1: Almost opposite of Game of Thrones.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, holy crap, man, get to the main story. And I feel like that's what this show needs to do is they could learn from things like... You know game of thrones and stuff like that right focus on the main story stop doing these little side things and thinking right. we're gonna love it and that the character's gonna be growing or but there it needs to tell a focused story and it's kind of all over the place and we're only three or four episodes in depending right, on, who you, depending you on who you are so for the for the visuals i liked for some of the physics they're setting up i like the sense of speed and the races could be cool but the story being going nowhere i'm right in the dead middle i'll give it a five
2: what they need to do is just focus on him being the spy and have the racing and everything else just in the background.
1: Right, and right now I feel like they're focusing on the racing and yeah. the spy thing just happens to be the background. He enough. hasn't done any spying. Right. And I think that's the wrong, like we're we're moving in the wrong direction. <laughs> that's the best way I can explain yep. it. Uh, it's almost like we're trying to make this a pod racing <laughs> show, right? But not pod racing. Yeah, it's rather, air I'd, pod I'd racing. I'd
2: rather watch the pod racing. Now
1: that is hoop racing. <laughs> right like that's what it feels like yeah okay so I know that's kind of short folks but like we don't know what else to say I think you've pretty much kind of caught our feelings on this
2: Hey hey, hey hey, Ned, why don't
1: you write in and let us know what you thought of this episode mean Hondo, don't bother Oh wait, you should, you should write in too, yes Hondo. Hondo, you need to write in as well So those are our thoughts on this episode of Star Wars Resistance that That's pretty much it, that's all we got We'd love to hear from you If you disagree with us especially, we'd love to hear from you So go to galaxycast.com, email us at galaxycast.gmail Or find us on Facebook, Twitter um, we're working on presences all over the internet and presence, presence as uh, presence, presence. How about the plural? Our, of our presence, whatever the plural is of that. And we'd love to hear from you. And as we always like to say here in the Star Production Studios, Golly Shazam! <laughs> ready? Let's try it again. As we say here in the Star Production Studios, <laughs> may, may the force be, be with those who listen, listen
0: and stay awake
1: to Hondo's Shatterpoints. <laughs>
2: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast.
0: We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your
1: time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to
2: our website at galaxycast.com to find
0: out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line,
3: We S like a Usa Show.
0: If you have a complaint, make your subject line You failed me for the last
1: time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, Wayward Travelers, Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.